Welcome to Season 2 Women in STEM Podcast. I am your host, Kelly, and expect from this season amazing guest host speakers from around the world and information that will help enrich your life and knowledge about women in STEM. Hello, welcome to the Women in STEM Podcast. And today we'll be discussing about a woman's journey in tech entrepreneurship. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes, my name is Salima Kimji, and for the last two decades, I've been working in areas related to innovation and tech, and um, I'm really excited to be here and, um, and speak on this podcast, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you, and I would really just like to get an idea of like what has been your career path so far? So that's a really interesting question. And, um, you know, I've been asked this a lot of times, like, what, what is your pathway? And it's, uh, it, it's essentially a very unconventional pathway. Um, but I like to ca- kind of call it my, my learning pathway, because I think that pathway was kind of really kind of crystallized um, at a young age. And I think the reason it's been unconventional is because it wasn't that I had picked a specific career that I was going to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer, um, but that I that I was guided by what I wanted to learn. Yeah. And, and I find whether it's your education or your life experiences or your travels or your career, it's all just learning. So I call, I call it my life lesson or learning pathway. And I think that started at the age of four. And it's, you know, it started at a time where I asked the question, I asked questions, I asked why. And I think, you know, I think about that, um, there's two sort of guiding things that sort of helped me along the way in terms of this career pathway, um, which was essentially my exposure to the world at a very young age. my parents actually immigrated to Canada and I was born in Canada, but originally were from East Africa. And, you know, going there at the age of four, the, the why question that I asked that, and when I say that the question that I asked is, I'm talking more about those questions you ask that are kind of fundamental or existential. It, you know, when you first understand relativity, right? That outside of my little world with my family, what's happening in the world? And um, for me, I think that question was really seeing that juxtaposition between Canada and Africa. And the question for me was, why is, what is poverty? Why is there poverty? Mm -hmm. Why is there inequality? And I think that was such a fundamental question because embedded in any question that you ask is the answer that you're looking for because you've made a value judgment about whether or not you agree with it, right? Just like a scientific explorer. So as a scientist, a young scientist going out to explore this question of why is there inequality or why is there poverty? I was really asking the question of how can I change that? How can I understand this question? How can I understand this problem? And then wanting to change it. And so, in order to do that, you know, I think, you know, my, my background at a very young age, um, 
learning mathematics with my my father at home and obviously I was learning it in school really mm -hmm. kind of helped me to understand the how of of even being able to formulate questions and form uh, formulate an understanding of the depth of what one has to do and the steps one has to take and that led me through kind of a career of um you know starting with kind of math and science background going into international development and political science and international relations as a degree which then led me to law which then led me to um you know doing a deeper uh, experience in law and studying in the uk so i was actually in the uk um and studying intellectual property law and global um legal institutions and then i think the natural progression in terms of this exploration because i think this ex exploration of the question of inequality and and poverty was to understand the depth and the scope and i needed to do all of these different areas to kind of understand okay the answer doesn't lie here the answer doesn't lie here so i was really trying to formulate okay if we're going to get to a solution you, you first have to keep refining the question and understanding the the scope of the factors that are involved or that play into being able to actually come up with a solution and i think because of that kind of mindset of having kind of that innovation mindset of trying to solve problems mathematical problems or whatever type of problems um i was like it was a natural progression to go into tech and innovation because ultimately i think the point of innovation is to affect change but change that actually has purpose and the purpose is usually to make people's lives better and easier optimization efficiency is to make people's lives better and easier and so i think that's you know to to try to sum up, you know, decades of um, of my life, I, I would say that that's how I got into tech and innovation. Wow, it sounds like you've had quite a journey and it sounds like it's taken you down so many different paths. Um, but with your current role of being a chief innovation office, what does that mean exactly? I'm sure a lot of people might hear your title and be intimidated or, you know, not really know how to start or understand. So, so again, I so titles aside, right? And I think, you know, whether it's chief or director or this or that is usually based on your experience and based on so many things. But the 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 real question is, what is an innovator? What does um, what would I be doing in my role or what is the role of um, people that are sitting in these kinds of spots um, and platforms? And I really think innovation is just, you know, that fancy word for change. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's really innovation is about change, being a change maker, but being a change influencer. And there's a law always in any structure, in any industry, there's always resistance to change this is how it's done, this is how it's always been done. And so for me, I think even the questions that I asked at a young age again, were about, okay, this is what you're telling me, telling me is the conventional answer. This is what you're telling me is the convention and I'm rejecting it. 
And so I think it's really about breaking with convention and creating an environment in which you're inspiring other people to be okay with change. And change again for optimization and efficiency and quality in the healthcare context, it's really about um, you know, optimizing our processes in healthcare delivery, um, in the research and technology context, context. It's really about being able to come up with the insights that are going to better people's lives, better their quality of life, and to spend healthcare dollars uh, better. Um, but also, I think it's really about a mindset shift of saying, you know, in the healthcare industry, we've always had this mentality of well, you go to the doctor when you're sick. And now we're kind of moving towards, you know, shifting towards understanding the value of preventative and being proactive in your own wellness, right? So that shift to say, can we do things so that you don't just go to a doctor when you're sick or when it's too late to actually be able to change things, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the goal of, you know, the future of healthcare is to kind of um, be preventative and proactive. And in order to do that, you need data insights and you need healthcare data and you need research institutions and pharmaceutical institutions um, and you know, academic institutions and the healthcare delivery providers to be working synonymously, right? And so part of the role was really about creating partnerships and connections between these siloed industries that really need to connect you need the patient data to be able to do the research, to be able to come up with the technologies and to come up with the insights to advance um, you know, medical research. So I think when I, if I were to sum up what is you know, the role of a innovation leader, um, it's about pushing forward against all the resistance to change, but also to to really inspire others to understand the value of wanting to change and then um, connecting pieces that have not been connected before. So partnerships um, and uh, for the purposes of bringing together what has always been disconnected. And so I always say, you know, my, 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 um, what's my greatest skill set? that I, or what is the curiosity of my life, connecting the disconnected, what doesn't make sense, that you need to connect all these different industries to kind of be able to move forward. That's a great answer. And I found that very insightful. With regards to the entrepreneur side of tech, it's not usually something that a lot of people tend to put two and two together. And so I found it very intriguing that you wanted to discuss about women entrepreneur in tech and what does that mean exactly? And how can one go about, you know, getting into that if they're interested? Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I think entrepreneurship in, in tech or in any industry is about really starting to come into your, you know, breaking with convention. Meaning that you're now saying, okay, this is how things are done, but do I have my own questions that I want to explore? I have my own interests that I want to explore. And I am kind of now, you know, ready to kind of 
figure out how to problem solve um, a problem and 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 um, you know kind of interact with the world through my terms and the way that I understand things. And I think that's what I see entrepreneurship. It's it's an exploration, but on your own terms, right? Not uh, by being told what one should do. And I think I'm, I'm finding a lot of women are moving to, and a younger generation are moving towards um, entrepreneurship for the very purpose of having freedom of imagination and creativity. Mm-hmm. Freedom to not be told that your way is wrong. You know, I, I'll, I'll give you an analogy of, you know, why I said mathematics at a young age was such an important thing for me. When I was going to school, you know, I'd be being taught from a textbook, rote learning, memorization. Um, but even, you know, the teachers would be like, okay, step one, step two, and the formula is eight steps, and then you arrive at the answer. But at home, you know, my, my father taught me the basic fundamental language of math. And then he said, okay, you figure it out. There's no formula. You figure it out. And, and, and so I, you know, and what was actually, what was interesting about it was what was success at school in terms of a math test is you get, you know, grade, graded it based on each step that you're taking. So did you do the eight steps? Did you follow the formula? To arrive at the correct answer mm-hmm. but at home it was like how how few steps can you take to get there mm-hmm. and so for me it was sort of um you know what i was actually learning was optimizing my algorithm to be efficient um and and so if i could do it in you know uh four steps because that's what my my father understood and i could do it in two that was success for me right um, to be able to kind of show, you know, eight step mindsets and four step mindsets that there's a two step to arrive at the, you know, at the same destination. But really, truly, it was about saying, okay, if you understand the basics, if you understand the scope of things, are you ready to go out and be okay with not following a formula, but creating your own? And, um, and I think that was the confidence that I had at that age to understand that's how I was gonna problem solve no matter what the industry was. First, I need to understand the basics, right? The language, am I asking the right questions? And at that time it was like, I understood a really important lesson in life and in your careers. There are many different pathways to arrive at the same correct answer. But then obviously through my life, it got a little bit more complex, right? Because there aren't, there isn't necessarily just one correct answer and it will all the answer will always depend on the question that you asked so i focus on refining the question refining the question refining because maybe i wasn't asking the right question so it's a very scientific process so that's why i say entrepreneurs are curious they're scientific explorers from a young age they want to know they're not satisfied with what they're told or what's there. They want to improve it. They see angles that others don't see. And that's what I think um, that's, you know, that's what it means to be an entrepreneur, that you have a passion and a, a curiosity with a purpose, a purpose to make things better. And you see a place where you can, you can add value. 
Yeah, I definitely think a lot of women, especially a lot of women in STEM have that skill set, but I think some of them might not recognize that in themselves or might even downplay it. And I really wanted to know with like all the experience that you've had, what has been some of the common mistakes or pitfalls you have seen in particular women in STEM make with regards to their career? So I think for me, I think, you know, I, I look at my own experience and one of the things that comes to, you know, my journey in STEM was that I didn't understand the opportunities. I didn't have the scope to understand the opportunities of what you could do with math, which I would then learn throughout my life. And, and part of my big thing was to say, okay, international development, go and live in Zimbabwe for a year, go and work all across Africa and development projects was really about, I wanted to help people. And I couldn't see the applied aspect of mathematics at the time. So I had sort of really wished that I'd had exposure to understand why are these subject areas, you know, so important. So I think the first aspect that I would say is that, you know, I think the pitfall sometimes is not knowing the scope of what you can do, right? Um, I've worked with um, women in Africa that were studying applied mathematics to even just look at the scope of what you can do. How is mathematics used for fashion? How is mathematics used for healthcare? How is mathematics, right? So understanding um, the scope of what, why science is so important is one thing. But the biggest pitfall I would say um, is I think having the audacity to think that you can do this. I think a lot of it is about confidence. And I think a, a lot of it is about stereotypes or programming, deep-seated programming about male-oriented um, you know, professions and mm -hmm. female-oriented professions, which is still there. Um, it, perceptions that boys are better at math, which shockingly is still there in many parts of the world, but even here. And so I think the, the pitfall is not believing in yourself and not believing that you have the right to learn whatever you want. So having that kind of confidence um, to, to, um, to explore it and not run away from it is one thing. But I also think that some of those pitfalls are coming not because one is failing or being rejected based on their intellect or their merit, but because we also are in structures that need change. And that change is for the perceptions of those institutions and structures to recognize the value of women in business, women in tech, women in sciences. Um, and, and, and the data is out there, right? Women-led businesses, uh, women in leadership positions, diverse teams are more profitable. That's, it's there, McKinsey, all these different reports that you'll read. So I think it's kind of change needs to happen on both sides. Um, and I think, you know, the, the pitfalls or the rejections and all of this stuff is really about a mindset. You're on a journey of learning. Everything in life is a learning. So when you're a scientist, it's failing forward, right? You have a hypothesis, your hypothesis was wrong. So then you go again and you keep going and you keep refining the hypothesis. Um, 
I think the life journey is a, a journey of learning about yourself, right? Learning what you like, what you don't like, learning what you're good at, being exposed. How would you know if you're good at something if you haven't been exposed? So it's more that confidence of believing in yourself, no matter how many rejections or pitfalls are put in your way, because it's just, remember, it's one aspect of your story in your journey. Yeah, and you kind of basically touched on something that I was about to go into, which is how, do you have any advice about how to handle rejection or any setbacks that you might encounter in your career? Um, I've looked at some of the stats and even though we do have a lot of women coming into STEM, sometimes they might have certain experiences or pitfalls in their career. And a lot of them tend to, even though they've graduated with a degree in STEM, will later on go into a different sector. And it's, you know, I really want to help promote um, also making sure that we retain the women who are already in STEM and not just, you know, gaining more women as well, but also retaining the ones that are already there. So do you have any advice on how to deal with bouncing back from rejection? It, you know, I think this is a really, really important point that you bring up and exactly why I brought up that, you know, the, the rejection and some of the pitfalls you'll, and challenges you'll face, even in terms of your promotions um, in a specific industry um, is not, don't personalize it. It's not necessarily about you and be able to recognize that because I think when we think of failure, we think of a personal failure. We don't think about failure or challenges as systemic or structural. Um, and I think that's, I think I see that as one of the issues in all of this, that the, the change needs to happen from both sides. You constantly have to evolve as a person and, and understand where you fit, finding the right alignment, finding the right people to be around with. But a lot of the structures, I find, you know, mid-career women, what you find is that, you know, there's promotions up to a certain point. And then you have all these women that are like, okay, there's this kind of ceiling or there's something that I'm not doing to get to the next step. And sometimes that's not the case. So I would one like to say that, that that's been my experience. It's not necessarily because you're not smart enough or that you're not, um, you don't have the ability or you're, you don't have the, the potential. Sometimes it's the structures um, that hold you back. But even if that's the case, there are always opportunities um, to kind of reinvent yourself. And, and I, I don't want people like leaving STEM, but now understanding the scope of what are your skill sets, right? You aren't your job. You are a, a, the most important, most advanced computer. And that can be utilized for so many, in so many different ways. The skill sets, the decision-making trees that you're building in your head, the problem solving skills, all of these things that you've collected through all of your experiences have value across various different sectors. But even in your sector, there's so many ways in which you can um, you can kind of uh, interact with uh, with the areas that you like. So I think, you know, when you're kind of feeling like you're, you know, I'm I'm stagnant or I, I don't know 
you know, if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, feel that freedom to redefine yourself. You are not held in, you know, that you have to be this for the rest of your life. You know, this is, these are some of the limiting beliefs that we all have that, oh, if I'm a lawyer, which I am, um, that I have to just practice law. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's overcoming that barrier within yourself to say that you have the right to learn whatever you want and do whatever you want. And I think one the advice that I would give is to say, you kind of have to be a little bit fearless. You're going in, not necessarily knowing where you're going to land, but have confidence that if you're actually following your, your curiosity and being true to yourself, there are so many options. And some of the things that you need is to be fearless in saying, okay, I wanna maybe change my career or I wanna learn more of what I can do. That requires you to do some research, whether it's desk research to just understand what's, what's the innovation ecosystem? What, you know, what, what is my industry's ecosystem? What is, but then reaching out to people, you know? Um, not being afraid to reach out to strangers, not being afraid to find people. You wanna get aligned with people that can help you understand what's possible and really to understand, okay, I need to scope this out to understand what are the tools I'll need, whether it's, you know, courses, whether it's this, whether, um, you know, certain experiences, certain um, environments that you could be in just to kind of uh, mirror, like just to kind of be there and be immersed in an industry without necessarily being where you want to be, but to really understand it from the inside out. And that requires you to have the, the courage to kind of go and do that exploration. Yes, and speaking on exploration and the different, you know, opportunities that a lot of women are not uh, aware of, a lot of opportunities that women are not aware of, um, I just wanted to ask you, what are the different type of roles that you've came across that not a lot of women in STEM know are even available? So maybe I'll talk about it more um, like generally, which is to say that I think, again, it's really about saying, look, there's, if you have a skill set, right? And I think data scientists in information technology industry, so if you have a tech background, think outside of the box in the sense of don't be industry agnostic, right? Or, or, or be industry agnostic, sorry. Um, meaning that don't limit yourself to the application of everything that you've learned to the industry that you first started in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, I'm finding, you know, we're seeing this convergence, right? So healthcare, COVID happened, digitization, digital transformation, and all of a sudden, the tech industry is being married with the health industry, right? And so there are so many opportunities in the healthcare um, sector. We need more data scientists. We need more information technology um, professionals. Um, so look at other industries that are not necessarily uh, something that you feel that you know you know much about, because the skill set that is sometimes needed. You coming at a problem and looking at it, coming from a different industry and coming in, you may see things or you may see efficiencies or you may be able to fill gaps that you wouldn't think you could because you're not specialized in this area. That's what I've done my whole life. 
Um, you know, when I was working on patents with Oxford University with aerospace engineers, um, you know, I was looking at it not from, you know, inventions and sensor technology for the purposes of, you know, Boeing uh, engines or whatever. I was looking at it to say, okay, how can this technology be used to solve some of the world's, you know, global problems and came up with the, the pharmaceutical angle, which is to say we have a huge, um, you know, counterfeit drug crisis in the world. You know, drugs going to developing countries, especially Africa, are counterfeit, fake, not lack, and, and life-saving drugs. Can we start translating? And the only time that will happen is when you go into other industries and use everything you've learned to go and see how you can contribute. There's so many different pathways. Just don't limit yourself to thinking this is all I can do. Yes, I definitely agree with like not limiting yourself because a lot of the jobs that exist today, five, 10 years ago, didn't even exist. Job mm -hmm. roles are being created every day. And it's more about the skills that they're looking into rather than the title. Um, but I do tend to find sometimes when I'm talking with women, they do want to know exactly like the exact name of a role or, you know, they, they want to know something a bit more like concrete to work towards. But I definitely feel like the crossover with the healthcare industry and tech is something that is, like you said, is booming at the moment and it's ever growing. So I think if you're someone who has an interest in healthcare or you're interested in tech, or you have climate change, yeah. you know, yeah. I think a lot of the, the, you know, when I said that question, the why, right, I feel like everyone has, you know, I said the, what's that why question that I, that I asked, you know, the four-year-olds are going to ask very simple questions, but sometimes they're very profound and they guide your life. But that's the question that everyone has, that recurring question that is trying to get you to understand what's your purpose. Why am I here? And what's this all about? Why is this all happening, right? We're just like aliens thrown on the earth and like now we have to figure it out. And so when you're going out there, maybe don't think about it from the angle, like the mindset, that's the shift that needs to happen. You are not your title. You are not your job. What is the problem that you wanna solve? What is the problem that is nagging you? What is the thing that you feel passionate about? animal rights, climate change, you know, um, international development, equality, whatever it is, right? I feel like the younger generation is a little bit better at understanding how they want to interact with these social problems. And then every, your skill sets um, and all that you've studied in school are just the tools. I say the same in innovation. Innovation is not like high tech AI and, you know, technology. Innovation, is, technology and AI are the tools, mm -hmm. but the innovation is what is the question or what is the problem you're trying to solve, right? And how are you going to do that better? And then you use these tools. So maybe to look at it from the angle of what's, what's the reason, right? And then use everything that you have and then figure out what else you need um, or where best you can serve that, right? Definitely. It, 
I can tell from all the answers that you've given so far that you've come across extremely like confident and that you've been you know very secure and happy with your journey so far uh, do you have any recommendation of any resources that people who might just be beginning or people who are also interested in this topic could look into that could help them yeah so um well i, I appreciate that you say that you know I, I have lots of confidence and i i think there's there's something that happens in a lot of women where outwardly we are confident um but inwardly we're constantly questioning ourselves and so that's what i've been trying to refine the question of everything that you're trying to be or everything that you're trying to become starts from inside right so i would say that that's a journey and and there's you know milestones or not even milestones but it's everyone's journey is different you know and an experience you know if you're learning from the the lessons of life you're starting to kind of zone in on what matters and what doesn't right so i'd say yes the confidence piece is it you know whether i meet people in their 50s 60s 20s there are levels and different aspects of that confidence piece of being okay with your identity that everyone struggles with the question is um you know what are you going to do in your life to actually explore that and 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 be confident in in the fact that when you're moving forward you're constantly evolving you're constantly growing you're constantly optimizing right um resources i think you know whatever topic that you're interested in start with google start with asking some questions start with trying to understand industries then i think the social media platforms or like linkedin is a great place to start because then you can start figuring out okay let's look at some of these stories of of you know whether it's women or or professionals men and women that are working in the area that you you're really interested in message them ask for um you know to have a 15 minute call a 30 minute call and i I've, I've had so many young people reach out to me um for that purpose some have become people that i'm mentoring and i've developed relationships with and provided business opportunities to or jobs to um and 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 some you know are are in their learning process and what you'll find is yes you might have people that don't reach out, out back to you but someone will you know and you you don't necessarily know where that's going to go but think about everything in life as just learning right you. your job is learning your career uh, your education you know we we're very siloed sometimes in the way that we look at our lives work life balance no it's life it's not health and well wellness life is one thing and it encompasses all of these things so for me it's all just kind of learning um and i have a lot to learn <laughs> still <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and share your journey and story how best can people connect with you do you have any social medias yeah so i think the best way would be linkedin um especially if they want you know career advice or just to understand if they have burning questions or if i can help them to connect with others um i i'm 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 happy to do that so through linkedin that would be great great i'll make sure to put your information in the description and thank you once again for coming on the women in stem podcast and thank, thank you so for the listeners as well <laughs> thank you thank you it was great
thank you to the amazing guest host speaker and thank you for listening to this episode please make sure to follow the podcast and to follow me on social media at kelly underscore engineer on twitter or instagram as well as please make sure to check out our new youtube channel called women in stem podcast to see our latest episodes visually until next time bye